The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus came to his native place and taught the people in their synagogue. They were astonished and said, Where did this man get such wisdom and mighty deeds? Is he not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother named Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Are not his sisters all with us? Where did this man get all this? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his native place and in his own house. And he did not work many mighty deeds there because of their lack of faith. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So we honor Blessed Solanus Casey today, who was born in Wisconsin, as I always like to remind people, but did his, well, I don't know if you could say his greatest work, but he did certainly his most popular work here in Detroit, and we know he's buried here in Detroit, and we've had the privilege of visiting his tomb and asking for his prayers. It's interesting that we read from today's gospel that it was because of their lack of faith that Jesus did not work many mighty deeds there in his native place. Well, what we see in the life of Solanus Casey is a lot of faith that he had and that other people had because of him, I think. He was so encouraging like thanking God ahead of time for what you're asking for and delivering God's message with such love, assuring people of God's care and closeness. And no doubt that is something that the enemy always goes after in our lives. God doesn't really care. He's not close to you. You're not good enough. You know, God is portrayed by the enemy as harsh and distant and demanding. And wow, who wants to follow a God like that? The other thing I think that we often struggle with is, well, why do bad things happen to good people? And then, of course, the enemy loves to jump on that and get us all wound up over that. But as I was listening to Theology of the Body yesterday, Christopher West pointed out beautifully that before the foundation of the world, so before we were even created, God had in mind, it was a part of God's plan to unite us in Christ to make us his sons and daughters, for Jesus, his son, the bridegroom, to have a bride, us. Speaking in, you know, in a certain metaphorical way, or in a certain sense, as Christopher West was joking about, apparently John Paul II would always use that phrase, or he used it often in writing the theology of the body, 
So you can get away with a lot of imprecision whenever you add in a certain sense to your thought, your theological thought. But here's the point that God always wanted. God the Father always wanted to have his son, Jesus, marry a people, be united to a people through the power of the Holy Spirit. So before the fall, that was plan A. Christopher West uses his five fingers like Mother Teresa would often do. Mother Teresa would often say, you did it to me. You know that, for Mother Teresa, that summarized the gospel. For Christopher West is, God wants to marry us. Those five words forming that sentence. God wants to marry us. That, for Christopher West, summarizes the entire scripture. That's the good news. And it is. And that was always God's plan. So there was this debate, theological debate between the Dominicans, St. Thomas Aquinas was a Dominican, and the Franciscans of sorts. You know, would God have become man? Would the incarnation, would it have happened if man wouldn't have fallen? And the fact is we did fall, and that's the reality we are stuck with. <laughs> but the Franciscans, and we honor Solanus Casey today, our Franciscan, argued that he would have. He would have, because he loved us that much. And that was always his plan. That I forget the scripture passage, but before the foundation of the world, this was always God's plan, to marry his people, so to speak. to wed his people to himself through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the fact that there was a fall changed things up a bit because now that wedding requires a certain amount of suffering. It requires a certain amount of struggle against sin and our fallen nature and, yes, even the devil himself. For whatever reason, really pride, the devil didn't like that plan of God becoming a man and wedding his people. So he tried to, well, he, he tried to ruin that plan. But God's like, huh, are you kidding me? So before the fall, there was one sacrament. That was another thing he pointed out. Marriage, in a sense, was the primordial sacrament, Adam and Eve even was a, a symbol, a sacrament of God's presence and love in the world. And as somebody pointed out to him, what happens when you fracture light? Like when you split, like when you get, you get a rainbow, right? How many colors in the rainbow? Seven. How many sacraments? Seven. Right? So God's like, okay, you're going to break up that one sacrament? Well, guess what? I'll just make seven. So there'll be even more than there was than before. So God is just that good, right? He's always able to trump evil. 
And he's never not going to do something good just because he knows that bad things could happen. He created us all freely. I mean, it boils down to that. He created this universe with free creatures, angels and human beings. And he knew that, yes, the possibility existed that they could have rebelled, but that didn't stop him from doing all kinds of good anyway, knowing that he could always bring something better and greater about, despite evil, despite somebody who was going against him. So, the good news is that God has always wanted to marry us. He's always wanted to be united with us. And Solanus Casey knew that. He knew it. He experienced it. God's closeness. And he had his own struggles. Wow, you watch that little short film of his life. He, he had to endure a lot. Even before he joined the seminary. And then his time of formation, you know. He didn't know German well enough, so they kicked him out of the Milwaukee Seminary because they were teaching in German back then. So he bounced around. You know, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. But he kept trusting in the goodness of God and, and opened himself up to that. No doubt he was a man with his own wounds and his own struggles and weaknesses like we all are. And he just kept opening himself up to the Lord. And allow the Lord to come and bless him and heal him and make him fruitful. I have to share with you one other thing I learned yesterday. This is a chalice, right? Where do we get the word chalice from? The calyx. You know what part of the flower the calyx is? It's the cup, right? Doesn't that look like the cup of a flower? If you imagine this Chalice, more like a rose. Doesn't the cup look like the bottom part of the, the rose, right? And what comes out of that cup are the petals, right? And what do the petals do? They open up to receive what? The morning dew. Notice, well, actually, I'm not even going to use the Eucharistic prayer number two. I'll use three so that I can use Solanus' name today directly, explicitly. But in that second Eucharistic prayer, what does it say? It says, you are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Then I put my hands over the gifts, invoking the Holy Spirit. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your spirit upon them like the dewfall. Very symbolic, right? And just as the dew comes down and makes the flower fruitful and it allows the pollen then to land there and inseminate the flower to make more flowers, right? Uh, and to give life to that flower. So too the Holy Spirit comes down on these gifts to make them holy. So too the Holy Spirit enters our hearts to make us holy. 
we don't do it by ourselves. We just don't make it happen by our own desire, our own willpower. We have to be open. Yes, we have to do our part. But really, our part is just opening ourselves to God's action, to the Holy Spirit, to his power, his presence, his light, his dew, so that he can give us life, so that he can heal us. So yes, it requires us to, to kind of hold our ground, right? To, to stand in those places sometimes that are hard to stand in. That ache that we all feel, that longing for heaven, that longing for freedom. It's not easy. And our own wounds make it harder. But God is faithful. God wants to do this. And today we honor somebody, somebody close to us in a sense, who gives us a great example, who was a witness to this hope that we all have, who was a witness to the love of God and the mercy of God. So we thank you, Solanus, for your example. We thank you, Lord, for the example of Solanus Casey. And we ask you, Solanus, to pray for us here today in a special way that we could follow your example and be open to the love of God, to the Holy Spirit, and be healed and be strengthened and be inspired like you to love like you and to build and extend this kingdom of Christ in our hearts, in our homes, and yes, even here in Detroit. Amen.